Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq El Amin. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Radio Islam family. We're a daily call in talk radio program airing right here on WCEV 1450 AM. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Now, quick note, you can also listen to us live on the TuneIn app. Uh, just look under WCEV or listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, uh, iTunes. Uh, follow and like us on social media at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, that's at Radio Islam USA. Now, tonight's program is in celebration of the memory of Dr. Bambadi Shakur Abdullah. Uh, may Allah forgive her sins and grant her paradise. Uh, Radio Islam family, on December 8th, we realized what we had in Dr. Bambadi Shakur Abdullah when she returned to Allah. Uh, death, it is a it's a punctuation in life that makes life as a statement meaningful. And for those who commit themselves to the, uh, to the establishment of peace um, by advocating for justice um, through building relationships based on a mutual commitment to truth and upholding and protecting human dignity, uh, they know. Uh, they know that time is not on their side. Uh, and I pray that we all count ourselves among those, uh, among those people who have that awareness. So uh, it's important that I share some of her accomplishments with you to put her life, uh, to put her life in perspective. So Dr. Mumbadi was a team member in developing Targeted Violence Intervention Best Practices Summit, a report that was given in Angered, Sweden. She was appointed by Governor Quinn to the Muslim American Advisory Council, former Governor Quinn. Uh, she authored House Resolution for a Public Health Approach to Faith-Based Violence Prevention. Uh, that's, uh, that's this year, 2017. She authored a resolution and bill that resulted in passing legislation allowing the development of regional juvenile justice councils in the state of Illinois. Uh, this is 2014 and 2015. She's the founder of the Chicago Metropolitan Educational Center for Community Advancement, known uh, throughout the community as CMECA, which is a faith-based elementary school. She's a member of the Chicago Countering Violent Extremism Planning Committee with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and FBI. She's a chaplain and mentor for Class X felons in the Cook County Department of Corrections uh, from 2000 to 2004. She's a Dreams and Vision Youth Outreach Program, providing mentoring, life skill, and job readiness training, college preparation, drug prevention, and rites of passage to youth in 2016. She was the, the founder and uh, the, 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 vision, the visionary behind that. She was a director at large with the Council of Islamic Organizations of Greater Chicago. 
She partnered with the USDA and ISBE, Illinois State Board of Education, uh, to provide meals to over a thousand children a day through free meal and summer job uh, program. She received the Inspiring Woman Award in 2017 from MWA, Muslim Women's Alliance. She served on the Peace Ambassadors Program focused on youth violence prevention and she published the book Sankofa, Discovering Your Purpose and Meaning for Existence in 1999. So Dr. Bombadi, uh, she leaves a shadow where she once shone. Uh, she was a tireless youth advocate, community leader, educator, uh, and anti-violence worker. Now, although my personal memory of Dr. Mabadi goes back to my days at the former Sister Clara Muhammad School, which was under the leadership of the late Imam Martha Dean Muhammad, may Allah have mercy on him, grant him paradise, uh, it was the last 15 years or so that allowed me to know Dr. Bombadi, the worker. She was honored by Mass Chicago in 2013. And when she stood behind the microphone to speak, she spoke about what was near and dear to her heart. So let's take a listen uh, to her words. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I am truly humbled by everything that has gone before me. And, and I, I wonder why, and I wondered why, you know, Allah would choose me to have this great opportunity. This award is truly precious to me. Although I have received many awards from some of the largest Christian churches in the city, Chicago Public Schools, Cook County Jail, Chicago Housing Authority, and University of Illinois, I have never received an award from my Muslim brothers and sisters. This is important. This is important to me because they know what is expected of me as a Muslim and whether I measure up to what Allah expects Muslims to do. Supporting, nurturing, and enduring. I wondered what Sister Karen thought I had done that was worth recognizing. And then she, I received some questions from her that I really didn't answer. She asked me what motivated me to work in interfaith. And I've been doing it for about eight years, and I have not been <laughs> successful. But I think perhaps the thing that she saw was the endurance and the perseverance. And why? Because I desire to do what I believe my Lord has called me to do. As difficult as it may have been, not just in terms of, you know, immigrant community, but even within my own community, you know, it's challenging because we come from different places and different spaces, and we have different experiences. And we know we live in the Midwest, you know. This is the, the town of communities and neighborhoods. And we all live in our own neighborhoods, and we're very comfortable with living in our neighborhoods. But unfortunately, we don't realize that in the Midwest, this is the most segregated part of our country. And Allah created us different so that we might know one another. And as Muslims, more importantly, because I believe, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, African-American Muslims came here hundreds of years, even before Columbus was here. So I believe that Allah intended for us to be here, and he intended for us to be here for a reason. 
And I don't think he believed, I don't think he intended for us to isolate ourselves or to separate ourselves. And at this time, I believe we must begin to come together to do what Allah intends for us to do. Now, we don't come with a lot of wealth and resources, but obviously you have a lot of wealth and resources. But I believe because, as the Holy Quran says, surely with adversity comes ease. And as a people, we have struggled but through our oppression and all that we have gone through to come back to find El Islam and to struggle to maintain that, not just to have it, but to go and teach it. Not too far from here. There are communities that are struggling. We talk about violence, oppression, poverty and homelessness, and we have it right here. And I believe Allah has, I know he has called, inshallah, us to address that. Because the violence that affects, Chicago has the highest violence in the country. Right here in our communities. And if Allah hasn't given us what we, have, what we need to change that, then he hasn't given it to anybody. And if he has given it to us, then he has given it to us to take out there. And I really applaud Sister Karen because when I came in, I looked, I said, I think she's really doing the same thing that I'm doing. And it's a struggle and it's a battle because people don't see, and if you don't feel it, it don't, you know, a lot of times we don't feel something, we don't hurt, we don't move. And I know you don't feel it, and you don't see it with your children, but this is what I believe Allah has called some of us to do, and especially with your young children. What you are raising them to do is so that when they come up and grow, they are to change that. There's no way we can live here as Muslims and say that we are Muslims and not change the circumstances that are around us, inshallah. So I really appreciate the opportunity, but I ask you in what Allah has blessed you to do, and you are here still in this fair city that we have, and you've seen them time after time after again talking about the tragedy that exists and no one can do anything about it. And if we do, and we do truly believe in our Holy Quran and what Allah is capable of doing, then we will show them what we can do and what Islam will do, because I understand and in the Bible, you know, in the Holy Quran, it says, Allah will not change the condition of a people until they change that which is within their own self. You don't know that no one has brought God to these people in these communities. No one has done that. Now, when I was young, I grew up in Cabrini. Now, I remember when the, the churches used to come and they'd have little storefronts and they would come and they'd have after-school programs and they would teach people about God. Now, I'm sure as Muslims, there's some things that we can do to take God to these people who God has not been brought to so that we can change our lives. I think we call that dawah, inshallah. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. We're celebrating the life of Dr. Mbadi Shakur Abdullah today on Radio Islam. Those were remarks from uh, her awards acceptance uh, at Mass Chicago in 2013. We're going to take a short break. And we'll be back in just a moment. When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter. 
we understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Assalamu alaikum. Sound Vision is starting a new initiative to provide crisis intervention to those in need. Through the crisis text line, anyone can text 741-741 and be connected via text to a trained crisis counselor who is there to listen and show empathy. The crisis text line is open to everyone. By texting the keyword SALAM, that's S-A-L-A-M, to 741-741, users will be connected to a trained Muslim counselor whenever available. You can also volunteer to undergo training and become a counselor. For more information, visit soundvision.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen. Radio Islam family, we are celebrating the legacy of Dr. Bambadi Shukur Abdullah, who returned to Allah on December 8th this year, 20 days ago. Uh, she was the founder of Leadership uh, Development Institute. Uh, she was a mentor and anti-violence advocate. Uh, she was the founder of the Chicago Metropolitan Educational Center for Community Advancement, uh, known by many throughout the city, Chicagoland, as C-Mecca. Uh, it's a place where, actually, I had the honor, I had the privilege of teaching for a year. Uh, it was one of the, really one of the most fulfilling experiences um, that, that, I have, that I have ever had. I mean, every uh, single day going in to quote-unquote work, uh, it, it, was, it was just the most gratifying uh, experience, um, one of the most gratifying experiences uh, of my life, being able to work with, with young people um, uh, and, and to see their development. Uh, it, it has definitely had an effect, uh, and it's one that, that has stayed with me uh, to this day. But working right alongside her, uh, with her, uh, her partner, the other half, uh, was Brother Kasib, uh, is Brother Kasib Abdullah. Uh, he has been a steadfast voice for economic development, uh, youth training uh, within the African American community um, for youth uh, in general. Uh, he has uh, he has preached, he has talked about it, and he, he, has, he has lived that. Uh, and he's joining us by phone. Brother Kasib has been a steadfast voice for economic development and youth training in the African-American community um, and for youth uh, and, and individuals in general. Uh, he is joining us by phone, and we first want to extend our sincere condolences to him uh, and his family, uh, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Assalamu alaikum. So we've been, uh, Brother Kasi, we've been talking about uh, the legacy of Dr. Mambadi, but that, that legacy 
uh, it is alive. Um, and we want to talk with you uh, and, and have you go ahead and share with the Radio Slime family about not only um, her leadership, but also about how uh, the plans to, to continue pushing that vision uh, and that work forward. Yes, well, I, I, could, I guess I could start with the fact that uh, she was a tireless advocate for the less fortunate, and her scope was as diverse as the population is. Uh, she um, helped uh, so many different people, not just Muslim, mm -hmm. not just African American, um, but you could tell by the funeral the uh, wide variety of folks that came out and that sincerely uh, loved her. And the thing about it is, as her husband, I didn't even know. Uh, how many people she had touched uh, on a short notice of two days uh, on a Tuesday uh, it had to have been anywhere between 700 and 1,000 people that came out to that church and um, uh, it, it was just uh, it, it really made the family uh, myself included feel very good but also it was an indication of the depth and the fact that this struggle, this upliftment, this search for freedom, justice, and equality must continue. And it is alive and well. And I'll just close this introduction with the fact that there was a Syrian couple, not Syrian, I'm sorry, Ethiopian, that um, uh, I'm sure if I had been able to contact them and they, they had made it to the funeral, I'm sure uh, the mother or the son would have possibly threw themselves across the coffin mm. because she literally saved the boy's life. And uh, no publicity, none whatsoever. Mm. He, was, he was getting bullied at school. And uh, his English wasn't that good, so he hated school. He hated uh, beginning to hate America, etc. Long story short, she went to the school he was at, found out that he was getting bullied, got him transferred to, I believe it was a Magic Johnson school, where it was mostly computerized. He didn't have to necessarily go uh, to, to the various classes. At least he started out there. He ended up graduating up north somewhere. I can't remember. But this was a young man that was on his way to ISIS. Mm. The uh, authorities had intercepted his communication. And uh, the word was that, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, folks can get involved and intervene Okay, or if they allow their children to get influenced, they will be arrested at the airport. Hmm. This is one that was saved. Wow. He not only graduated high school, 
he had gotten accepted to a junior college, completely reversed his situation. And I would say, I want to say less than six months. She did this in less than six months, juggling all of her other responsibilities, literally saved this young man's life. So that being just an indication of the breadth of her not only caring, but her ability mm-hmm. to intervene and and, 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 and and bring a very negative situation to a positive. So she was one that was blessed by the Creator, and we, as humanity, we, we have lost a true Shiro. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't, first off, um, I can't figure out where she found the time to do half of the things that many of us, um, many of us found out about uh, at, at the, at the Janaza, at the funeral. Um, and it really is, uh, it's, it's just a testament to a person that was about the work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm almost at a, at a loss for words as you, as you talk about her impact and what she was doing for this young man that was headed down the dark road. Uh, and as you're talking about it, I'm wondering, because, I, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat aware of uh, of the, the workload uh, that she had, and I just, for the life of me, can't figure out where she found the time. Um, but may Allah make that a, a credit uh, to her and, uh, and and give her a, a high place, a high place in in, uh, in Jannah, inshallah. You know, um, I'll tell you, uh, Imam Tariq, uh, I, I, as you might imagine, have been wrestling with this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, as Muslims, we know that Allah is in control, so... And, and that we can't fathom what his plan is. However, there's a couple of conclusions that I had to come to. Mm-hmm. One, she is in a better place. And we say that all the time when there's a passing. Right. But I know for a fact, by the grace of Allah, she's in a better place because she was selfless. Okay, and you, you or neither you nor I could track the good things that she did. You, it, it, you just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. That's why the turnout was like it was. But here's the lesson to me. Throughout the Quran, Allah says, I send you help. And it was so interesting about the Quran is is that you, 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 you know many of us have heard of many of the prophets by by name the, the, the ones the the more prominent ones right but the Quran starts bringing up people you never heard of before so what, what, what does that tell us this is what Allah is doing constantly 
But here's the problem with the average one of us is that there's a saying that ego is a way to edge God out. If God gives you a gift and you ignore it, it's right in front of your face, right in your midst, and you ignore it, then there's a problem with the human understanding, appreciation, and gratefulness from Allah. And this is what we have to challenge ourselves with, bro. Right. We must, as Muslims, we must want for our brother what we want for ourselves. And if we do that, we will begin to be grateful and will not let another one come through our midst and not pick up and help circle the wagons and get the job done. Can you imagine, could you imagine what bunches of us that had that same kind of will and desire to do good if we all got together and was trying to help? Right. We cure this thing. This ain't no impossible mission. Not with the help of law has sent. Yeah. But Imam Muhammad was another one. The, the, the Muslims in Chicago didn't appreciate he could he could get more respect from 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 anywhere outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one. Don't think that Barack Hussein Obama is not blessed from Allah. Don't even don't don't even let your mind even conceive that because there's no way that he could survive the hate from these people without the, without the blessings of Allah. And there's no way he could do it. So we have in our midst solutions, okay? Mm-hmm. Historical, present day, and there's some bad people coming in the future, okay? But if we don't work together and pretend like we love one another... <laughs> We're we're doomed people. We 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 just we just like the people of uh, uh that 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 oppress Moses and the people that oppress Lot. Mm-hmm. In the same boat, ungrateful. Well, we definitely want to be counted among those who uh who have gratitude, and uh, Radio Islam family we want to make sure that we are uh, not only supporting. Uh, with our with our dua, but we're supporting with our with our efforts and with our means those people and those organizations that are looking to to do do that type of work to further their type of work of bringing us together uh, as a human family. Uh, LDI is one of those uh, one of those organizations, uh, and they continue uh, to do that work. Uh, they have not they have not stopped even uh, even at a time of a uh, of personal loss, uh, but still still have committed themselves uh, to that work. Uh, it has been uh, Brother Kasib, um, uh, and, and, and it's been a family. It has been a family um, that is committed uh, to this work. Um, her sons, uh, Damani, Idris, uh, uh, Saladin, uh, and, and a host of other uh, family members and community members. Now, and I, I count myself among those uh, who support and are active uh, in that work. Uh, Brother Kasib, uh, you are you, you and the family are definitely in our dua, um, and we we pray for your continued uh, well-being. Sound like you're still fighting off? Um, I think what I just got over 
a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah. So uh, get your, get yourself, get your rest. Uh, may Allah uh, bless you with good health uh, and the energy that's needed to, to keep moving and pushing the, uh, the, the ball forward. So uh, we thank you for taking the time to talk to us, brother. Uh, inshallah. Thank you for having me. I hope I didn't uh, uh, <laughs> no, no. take up too much time. Not, no, sir, but, not uh, at all. Not at all. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. All right, inshallah, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, all, all right. right. All right. Alaikum. Alaikum All right, Radio Islam family, that was uh, Brother Kasib Abdullah. Uh, he is the husband of the uh, of, of our sister, the late Dr. Bambadi Shakur Abdullah, who continues to work, and obviously you could hear in his voice uh, that he, you know, that he's battling, um, battling something, like I said, probably that same thing that, uh, that that had me down for for over a week, uh, but at this point we're going to take a short break, and when we come back we will pick up with this uh, with this uh, celebration of the legacy of Dr. Bambadi Shukrabdul. I shoved the envelope under my sweater and sneaked through the kitchen. Mom was on the phone in the front room. I didn't want to have to explain anything. I just wanted to be by myself. Clutching the envelope tightly, I stepped onto the ladder at the bottom of the treehouse. Something caught my eye above me, and I looked up. <gasps> Light! It looked as if there were a firework display going on inside the treehouse. Crackling and snapping and whizzing sounds spun around above my head. Light shot out and sparks dancing to the popping of noise. My first thought was to scream fire and run to the house to get mom. My legs trembled as I inched upward, creeping up the rungs as quietly as I could. My heart banged so hard that it felt as if someone were hitting my chest. A couple more steps, and then I leaned forward, craning my neck to look inside. And then I looked up and saw... To find out what happens next, read Philippa Fisher's Fairy God Sister by Liz Kessler. Explore new worlds and check out more cool books at your local library. And visit read.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. I'll try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. And now we have an 8-year-old on the line. Welcome to our world today. What's your question? Our continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that 71% is comprised of water. Man automatically adapts to environmental conditions. So why do I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you.
Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome back to Radio Islam. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM and we are reaching the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. If you haven't already done so, take a moment to follow us on social media. You'll find us at Radio Islam USA. That is at Radio Islam USA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and wherever you get your podcasts. That is where you'll find us. So we have been having a conversation, talking about, uh, just reflecting on the life of Dr. Bambadi Shakur Abdullah, who returned to Allah. She passed on December 8th. Uh, and we are coming to the close of this year. And one of the th things that we wanted to make sure that we did was to take a moment to, um, and not that an hour by any means is sufficient enough to encapsulate anyone's life, but we wanted to take a moment to, to reflect uh, just a moment, just a bit on, on her life and some of her contributions. Uh, before we went to break, we talked with uh, her husband, Brother Kasib Abdullah, and one of the things that he mentioned was he talked about the breadth of her impact, uh, just the, the great diversity of her work. And he talked about being surprised himself about, uh, about some of the things that, uh, some of the efforts that she had been a part of. Uh, and this is her, this is her husband, and that just to think about how close we are with our, our spouses um, most of the time um, and to find out after the fact that this person that you've been with for the past 24, 25 years uh, has, been, has, is, is, has been involved in these good works that you weren't even aware of. Uh, that is a real testament to the type of individual uh, that, that she was. And I have to, I have to bear witness as well with regard to her genazah service, with the, the, the composition of her funeral. Uh, it was a great representation of the human family. Uh, there were just about some of everybody uh, was there. And it was not just a diversity of the Muslim community that was present, but it was just a diversity of, of humanity, uh, irrespective of, of religion um, or race, ethnicity. Uh, every, there was just a wonderful, a beautiful representation uh, that was there, that was present. And to hear people get up and speak about her uh, and, the, uh, and the efforts that she was a part of I will share this. I didn't mention this earlier in talking about some of her achievements, but one of the things that she also played a part in uh, was in having the name of Kennedy King College uh, come into existence. If memory serves correct from what was shared at her, her janazah, uh, it was formerly, I believe, Wilson, um, I think it was Wilson Jr., junior college uh, and she was a part of a group that were protesting the lack of resources or the fact that the uh, the resources that were available for the students 
that attended uh, that particular school were, you know, they, they were they were inadequate, uh, and obviously they were they were inferior when you compared them to the resources that were given uh, to students at other, uh, and by other, I, I would uh, venture to say we're talking about uh, schools that had populations that were not, uh, they were not primarily uh, African-American or people of color. So she was a part of that group that, that bargained, uh, that they had a list of, of demands that protested, uh, spoke with the chancellor uh, at that time, and as a part, they were looking to actually have the name, they wanted to have it named after Dr. King. Uh, and it was brought up as a, as a compromise. We can, we'll, we'll uh, see to your, you know, your request, your demands. But as a part of that, we also, we would like for you to consider adding on uh, Kennedy, uh, the former, uh, former president, uh, John F. Kennedy, having his name added on to it as well. They accepted, and that is, that is how the name uh, Kennedy King came about. So. Uh, she was. She she had her hands, uh, and this was this is this goes back to her as a as a sixteen year old uh, college freshman. Um, but she 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 was tireless and and, and was just a, a tremendous worker. Uh, she was also the recipient of the MWA Inspiring uh, Inspiring Woman Award uh, this year, as a matter of fact. Uh, MWA, uh, that's also one of those organizations, uh, if you are familiar with the Chicagoland uh, community landscape that you are aware of, Muslim Women's Alliance, um, and they, they honored her this year. And we're going to take a listen to, to her remarks, to Dr. Mabadi's remarks uh, uh, that came about from that. So let's, uh, let's take a listen. I'm a black girl that came from Cabrini-Green. Actually, you know, I was born in Chicago, and we moved actually to the suburbs, Harvey here. At that time, it was a rural area, and my parents had nine children. So um, we were poor. And so during those times, even he, especially out here, um, um, and black girls, they weren't, black wasn't beautiful back then. And so being, I think, you know, rejected, um, disenfranchised, so how I dealt with as opposed to anger or resentment as a result of the rejection is understanding those who are disenfranchised and, and how it hurts. I converted to Islam when I was 17 years of age. I was in college at the time. That was during the civil rights slash black nationalist movement. And that's when black became beautiful and black people began trying to, we needed to educate our community so that they can empower themselves. And actually came through under the Ahmadiyya Muslims and then um, moved into when uh, Imam Muhammad became the leader of the Nation of Islam and brought them into Sunni Islam. Then I came into Sunni Islam um, under his teachings and then bringing with it, again, coming from the activist, you know, the, as an activist in the 70s. <laughs> so, um, but that brought a different um, air to my al-Islam. And um, understanding that, and during those times we, 
when schools weren't good, we had alternative schools. We, had, we, we developed the schools that existed. We taught young people back in the 70s, okay, if you don't know your history, you don't know these things, then outside of school, you must read this, you must study, you must empower yourself, you must do for self. As African Americans, we are forced to live in two worlds. Even as African American or indigenous Muslims, we have to work in two or three worlds. We didn't have the luxury of just being in an African-American community or African-American Muslim community or Muslim community. So we had to navigate both, which was something I think was not afforded to the, um, to the immigrant Muslim community. Allah intends for us to work together. The resistance wasn't just on the part of the immigrant community. It was in the African-American community as well. Not, we don't know one another, and we're so different, and we just don't work together. And now it's even more important because we realize people just see us as Muslims. And because of our absence from the main space, we have been marginalized and people have prejudice and misconceived ideas about who Muslims are. And no one, and I learned that as an African-American going to schools where there weren't African-Americans, the only way for them to know who I am was for me to be in that space and to tell them who I am and to be comfortable enough and strong enough in terms of my own identity to share. And in my experience, that it's out of ignorance. You know, the racism, the discrimination, it's out of ignorance. And we just have to be comfortable enough to move in those spaces and say, this is who we are, this is what El-Islam is, and this is how we can benefit not only ourselves, but this great country that we are part of. I always say I came from, come from a mixed family. <laughs> My mother came from a very religious family out here in Harvey. Her, grandma, her mother founded the first church and you know, her brother, you know, they were, they were educated religious leaders and so forth. And my father come from 39th Street. Going back to those faith teachings, although she was the youngest in a very religious family, she raised us in religious freedom. We had to know God and we had to go to church, but we had the freedom to explore and learn and know and understand. She totally devoted herself to helping others. So she would be my role model, and I'm sure her mother was hers, and and part of our understanding in terms of our great-great-aunts and grandparents. There were women who came from slavery, and after slavery, they returned to the South, and they opened schools, and they taught others to read. You know, so the women, my mother, my grandmother, they're my role models. And so, as they say, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, and so we're expected not only to do for ourselves, but to do for others. I would like to thank all of the believing women who have stepped outside of their comfort zone to sacrifice their comfort and even some things in terms of their personal health and well-being for those who cannot speak for themselves or do things for themselves. We've been talking about the legacy of Dr. Mbadi Shakur Abdullah and being able to listen to her in her own words talk about her own motivations uh, and how she sees her own life's responsibility uh, and direction. Uh, it's been, hopefully, uh, for you uh, as it has been for me, it has been a very, uh, I guess, a clarifying and a, a motivating uh, experience to be able to listen to a person in her own words. So Radio Islam family, we're going to take a short, short break. But when we come back, I want to share just a few thoughts about how, 
how she has inspired me. So you're listening to Radio Islam at WCV 1450 AM, and we'll be right back. Smokey Bear. Thanks, big guy. Now, if you could let me down. <clears throat> See, I made sure there were no low-hanging branches when I set up my campfire. And before we left, I drowned out my campfire, stirred it, drowned it out again, then made sure it was cold. <clears throat> Visit SmokeyBear.com to learn tips to prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat, I'm stupid. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. The only thing I didn't learn in school today is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. We are... Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Islam family. This is your host, Tariq Kalamine. Uh, we have spent this program speaking about the legacy of Dr. Mubadi Shakur Abdullah. Uh, not in a, in, a sorrowful, uh, in a sorrowful sense, um, but I really hope that it has been uh, celebratory. I hope that it has been uh, illuminating in terms of being able to, for those of you who may have not uh, who may not have known her, uh, who have had the opportunity to work with her uh, throughout the years, uh, particularly those of you who are outside of the Chicagoland area. Uh, even though the work that she did, it did, uh, it, was, it was national, it was international. Um, but the, the hope is that it has given you a glimpse into why, um, why we felt it necessary to take the time to reflect on her, on her impact. Now, at her janazah, at her funeral uh, service, her funeral prayer, I gave a few remarks. And I said before the break that I wanted to share with you one of the ways that I found inspiration um, uh, in Dr. Mamadi. I worked, I worked uh, closely with her for probably the past, uh, the past 15 years or so. Uh, throughout a, a different organizational um, affiliations and capacities, uh, as the um, uh, during my tenure as the convener for the Chicagoland Shura, which is the, um, the association of uh, Masajid under the leadership of Imam Wathadi Muhammad, um, as a teacher at C Mecca, uh, working with her uh, through things, uh, you know, at, uh, at Masjid at Taqwa. Uh, whatever the the occasion was, the principle uh, and the the drive was always the same. It was about committing yourself uh, to the work, to the task at hand. So, when I was uh, asked to to give a few remarks uh, at her janazah, what came to mind was something that she told me 
at least maybe maybe 10, 12 years ago. And it was during one of those times where uh, we were dealing with organizational friction. And anyone who has any experience working in a group, you know, you know that, you know, it can be difficult to work with other people. It can be difficult to accommodate. Some, sometimes you just feel like it's just oil and water. Uh, you just don't mix. And when we come to those difficult moments, those moments where we are uncomfortable, where we don't feel like we're having the progress uh, that, that we, we should have or we think we should have or we feel like somebody's holding us up or in the way or they just offend us or whatever it is, oftentimes people take the attitude of, I don't need this. You know, I'm up, I'm out. I don't, I don't, I don't need this headache. And they leave. And what she shared with me, which has, it has been really one of the kind of the guiding principles and reminders of how I conduct myself and approach work in these groups, which is quite a bit of, of, of my time and my life is working in groups. So she told me, she says, never cut what you can untie. So hear that again, never cut what you can untie. And quite simply, quite simply, it means that there is, there is irreparable damage often done when we sever, when we sever relationships, when we, when we cut off, when we remove those, those connective fibers, there's irreparable damage that can be done. Sometimes that is, that is not undone. As opposed to just taking a time out. Just give yourself some space, walking away for a moment. So that's been tremendously uh, important for me. And that was one of those, those, those nuggets of, of, of wisdom one of those jewels that, that she shared with me uh, as I was beginning to, to come into more uh, organizational responsibility uh, and activity, it was being mindful that we are, we are in need of one another. And if you have been with us throughout the entire program, that was a part of one of her remarks where she says that we need each other. Uh, we are essential to one another's peace, security, and success. And just because we are not going through difficulty right now, just because the crisis is not landed on our doorstep today, it does not guarantee you the freedom. It does not guarantee that you will be spared dealing with that crisis tomorrow. So, that idea, and, and even going back to Brother Kasib, to what he said, the idea that we must we must love one another, and if we love one another, then we will we will take care of each other. So, Dr. Mbadi started; she started a school. She was a part of a group that that started a school, and in that school, my own children found a space where 
they could be protected, educated, validated, um, uh, and, and nurtured. They found a space where Islam was not just uh, the word, but it was it was it was an action. It was it was about a, a community, uh, and I had the. I had the, the the pleasure, the blessing of being a part of that community, and to see young people stand up at her at her Janazah service and come up and speak about the importance of her support, the importance of that environment. Uh, that's not something that you take lightly. It's not something that you forget. It, it's not something that can that can miss you when you look at the news and you see. Uh, young men who look just like the ones that got up and spoke, that are doing well, that are in uh, in college, that uh, that are that are in the in the working world, that have graduated college, and they look back and talk about her and her involvement in their life as a formative as a formative part of their lives. That's not something that passes you by. Not when you not when you're reading the news. Not when you're watching. Uh, television and, and seeing that we are losing, we are losing uh, our young men. We're using our, losing our youth uh, every single day. So any that are saved, uh, any anything that we have to do with that, that's something that's something to celebrate. So, Radio Slime family, we are coming to the close uh, of another of another program. And we want everybody to to just be mindful, uh, and I say this to myself first: is that none of us has time. Uh, we have we have the moment that we have right now. So anybody who is planning on making New Year's resolutions, uh, don't wait. If you have a resolution that you're trying to make, uh, make that resolve to do whatever it is you're trying to do right now. Because January 1st does not exist, not yet, because it's not here. And we don't know if we're going to be here for that. We can only pray that Allah allows us to see it. Uh, on, a, on a brighter note, uh, with the law's permission, with God's permission, this Sunday at the uh, Linwood Skating Rink, we're going to be having our annual uh, skating party. Uh, the rink is... You know, it's it's a uh, it's rented out. It's it's, it's private. Uh, we invite uh, whoever uh, those of you listening would like to come in and have a nice family friendly uh, space to come out and bring in the new year. Um, you go to Eventbrite, just look up uh, skating, or go to uh, uh, Facebook, and you'll see it on uh, Mashed Al Taqwa's Facebook page uh, or my page, Tariq Elomi. Uh, matter of fact, I may just throw it up on uh, Radio Slime's page as well. Uh, that being said, we pray that um, everybody has a, has a, brings in the new year safely. Uh, we want to thank our engineers over at WCEV for making sure that we come through loud and clear. We appreciate you. want to wish you guys also a happy new year. Uh, I don't think we're going to be on again until, uh, until the new year. Um, this show uh, tonight was hosted and produced by, uh, by, my, by yours truly, Tariq el our engineer in studio, the impressive one, Ibrahim Baig. Executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. And 
the, oh, as I've got to always mention, the, the views that have been expressed tonight uh, by the host and guest are theirs and not to be taken as uh, those of sound vision. And I guess that's about it. So, Radio Islam family, inshallah, we'll be talking in the new year. I'm going to leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.